Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Happy Sad Confused. I'm Josh Horowitz. This is my podcast, and this week is the first of a double whammy. Two weeks of Quentin Tarantino bliss. We're covering The Hateful Eight in a big way here. This is Quentin Tarantino's eighth film, and this week, it's not Quentin, but it's it's pretty damn good. Uh, this was a highlight. This is uh, Kurt Russell is the guest on this week's podcast. Uh, and yes, I can announce that next week's show will be Quentin Tarantino since we taped it. And unless my computer explodes, it will uh, run on next week's show. Oh, I got yelled at last time for announcing the next one. That voice you hear is Sammy, who <laughs> was the voice of doom when uh, we talked about Marion Cotillard being on the show. But no, I'm confident this time because he was here. He sat in that very seat that you're sitting in, Sammy. Ooh. Uh, Quentin was amazing. Uh, uh, that's going to be a really fun one that goes up next week. Um, covering, I mean, he, it's impossible to screw up a conversation with Quentin Tarantino. So we'll, we'll we'll talk about that for next week's show. But suffice it to say, it delivers everything you would want out of, um, you know, arguably the biggest film expert alive. Uh, as Kurt Russell says, I talked to Kurt about Quentin's film acumen. I was saying how, you know, like Martin Scorsese and Quentin Tarantino, who has the upper hand. And he, without, he was like, yeah, Marty, good luck. Because Quentin uh, knows literally everything. Wow. Big words. Um, there, go, there goes Kurt Russell's chances yeah. of ever being in a Martin Scorsese movie. Well, I will say, and I think I said this to you or, or someone else the other day, that when Kurt Russell came in, this this is kind of like last year I had, you know, Michael Keaton was on the awards train, and when I had him uh, in my office for the show, it was arguably like the biggest moment for me of last year because he just embodies, both of these guys embody everything I loved about the movies growing up in the 80s. These were two, like, icons for me. Uh, Michael Keaton, obviously, more of kind of like that that kind of Tom Hanks kind of model. And Kurt is more of like that, you know, he it was him and Harrison Ford. They were kind of like the two dudes. Um, so I this conversation just blew my mind. I'm so excited to share it with everybody. Um, he, uh, we talk about everything you would want, a lot about the John Carpenter. Overboard? Carp- no, okay, maybe not everything you would want. No, turn it off. <laughs> and <now>. Sammy's off. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> well, the good news is, no, overboard. Well, we'll say that for part two. No, but we. we you talk- gotta get him back. Yeah, get him now, on the phone. Now I have a reason. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, the stuff I wanted to talk to him about was the John Carpenter collaborations, namely uh, Escape from New York. The Thing and Big Trouble in Little China, which is one of my favorite movies, and. Um, the conversation, he, he he loves it as much as I love it, as much as you love it if you're a lover of that film. Um, and stay tuned because you'll listen to Kurt Russell himself embodying Jack Burton as if no time has passed, quoting lines from the film in character. It made my small brain melt. Is that why you were sobbing the rest of the day? You I, were just so... <laughs> I soiled my pants. Everything yeah. got ugly. Everyone was like... What happened? It's <laughs> like, like oh, a mess. Yeah. Um, like he smells worse than normal. <laughs> but it was fun. We actually taped um, Quentin and Kurt back to back. It was quite an afternoon the other day. There uh, was a traffic jam outside your was, office. There was. So I taped Quentin first. And I, my office is like, you know, it's glass so I can see outside. And I saw like the last 10 minutes of my interview with, with Quentin. I just saw Kurt like shooting the shit in the hallway. He seemed fine. But I was like, it was a little unnerving watching Kurt wait for us to finish. I've never seen people walk past your office more than they people did. People actually seemed interested after. in in me yeah, in my office for once. Ama- at first it was like, whose hot dad is that? And then everyone's like, oh, wait a second. The ultimate hot it's dad. literally the ultimate hot Everybody dad. Everybody loves Kurt Russell. And yeah. yeah, you're going to love him after listening to this conversation. Um, also, uh, worth noting, as if you didn't know, Star Wars guys mm-hmm. that we ha- sadly have no podcast guests. We were trying to get JJ. I was hopeful that that was going to work out. It didn't work out scheduling wise. But um, do you really need another interview about Star Wars at this point? It's everywhere. But the good news is it's a good movie. I've seen it twice as we two take this. Two out of four. Josh has two more viewings to go. At least two more viewings. I've uh, tickets purchased for two more viewings this weekend as we tape this. Uh, Sammy's going to see it soon. Yeah, yeah, you. I am. It's on you the agenda, right? It's on the agenda. She she caught up with the original trilogy very recently. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to give like a full review or anything, but I mean, I'm sure everybody listening to this has seen it once or twice by now. But uh, yeah, it's a lot to take. It's a good. It's a good movie. I love JJ, and I love a lot in the movie. I, I have quibbles with it. But I would have quibbles with any Star you, Wars you movie. You have quibbles with everything. I have quibbles in your with life. everything. That's, look, look yeah. at me. I got, qui- I got are, quibbles. You are a quibble. I'm a giant quibble. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but it's just exciting. Star Wars is back, and and um, we're gonna friend of the show is BB-8. Yes, Ben Schwartz, your warmer <laughs> podcast guest, good friend of the show. Friend of the show. Congratulations to Ben if you're listening, or if not, you're not listening. We still congratulate you. He and Bill Hader uh, teamed up to. No, I only congratulate him if he's listening. If he's not okay, listening, yeah. then I take it. Fuck back. you. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but yeah, they contributed to BB-8. There's some. There are a lot of cameos. Have you heard about some of the cameos in the film? Yeah, unfortunately. Well. Well, a lot of them you can't even recognize. Like, for instance, I mean, this is not spoiling anything. Simon Pegg's in the movie, and I've seen it twice, and only after reviewing it the second time did someone tell me who he plays. What about the Daniel Craig thing? Daniel Craig's in the movie. It's not ruining anything because you're not going to, there's no way to notice him, but you can hear his voice in it. So listen out for that. I, again, I would never have noticed it unless I read about it. So. That James Bond crossover is going to be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, but it's just funny because he was quoted like a month or two ago when a reporter asked him about the rumor that he was in it. There was a rumor going around that Daniel Craig was in it. A reporter asked him and he basically gave like a quintessential, like it was a very Daniel Craig response. It was basically like, why the fuck would I want to be in a Star Wars movie? Like, like Classic And DC. it sounded like, oh, okay, that's yeah. Daniel Craig. I guess he's not in the movie, but... He had one over on us this time. Always. Always. We'll catch you next time, Daniel. <laughs> You're going down, DC. <laughs> um, but speaking of manly men, enough about Daniel Craig. On to the main event. Uh, enjoy this conversation with Kurt Russell. I should mention The Hateful Eight comes out Christmas Day in 44 cities in glorious 70 millimeter. I've seen it twice in this format. Yes, it's over three hours long, but it's a Quentin Tarantino event. And uh, I really I really like this movie a lot. And Kurt's great in it. Jennifer Jason Lee's amazing in it. Sam Jackson, blah, blah, blah. Channing. Um, Ch- Channing. That's a little surprise in the credits. You'll see Channing Tatum's in the movie. Yeah, you'll see he's in the movie. So, um... I don't know what kind of family you have, but if you're the kind of family that wants three hours of a Quentin Tarantino bloody uh, movie, then uh, Hateful Eight is your bag. Uh, enjoy that and enjoy this conversation. Uh, and happy holidays, gang. Uh, oh, yeah. Stay safe out there. Be good, kids. Be good to yourselves. <laughs> Be good. And enjoy uh, Kurt Russell. Hey, it's me, Kurt Russell. No, that's, that's <laughs> still Sammy, unfortunately, for you guys. No, it wasn't. I love that this is, I just saying that I love that this, the selling of these movies takes place in these rooms. I know. You know what I mean? How these quaint. little, <laughs> tiny little kind of weirdo. I know. Um, it's kind of crazy. Kurt, man, it's a, it's a real pleasure to see you again. Um, thank you for coming by today. Yeah, hey. <laughs> Easy good. enough. No, uh, no yeah. makeup required. We're just sitting in no, a, in a, no, in a no, random it's, office. As a matter of fact, it's, we're going to do a few, uh, a few of these today, which is kind of like actually nice because you're just get a chance to sit down for a few minutes yeah as talk about the, you know the fun nice. the fun four minute junket slot is not necessarily it, it, conducive thing, you know it's just I'll, it's just a day in hell that's all there is to it for everybody by the it, way there's nothing anybody can do about it it's really um <laughs> it's really important that it happen it's strange i mean i've talked to so many people about like it can't be the right way to sell a movie in this day and age i guess smarter I, people than us know better i don't know I don't know. I don't know, but I, I, I can tell you that back in like, what was it, somewhere around 69 or so, 68 or 69, I was at Disney's, and uh, we used to get in a plane and go places, and I used to say to the guy, there, there's got to be a better way than this, like, why can't they come, why can't we just like sit in a hotel room and they come to us? Oh no, so it's your fault, it was your and idea. Said, and we started doing that at Disney. Now, I don't know when I don't know what everybody else was doing, but that's when we started doing it. It was like, look how you just might get me out. <laughs> so now, do you miss the plane? You're like, actually, I'll, I'll travel. It's okay. We got to do that. We got to do that years later on Tombstone. I was like, I didn't really want to go to Europe and, <laughs> and do the thing in Europe. And, and Andy Vanya said, I'll let you fly my my G three. I mean, pilot it because wow. I knew sure, the pilots sure. and I, they, I knew them and they knew me. And they said, yeah, Kirk can fly. He called him and said, how is he? Said, yeah, he can fly this plane. So he. <laughs> They gave me the keys to the airplane. It was great. It was like, yeah, okay. And so I went to Europe. Amazing. I got to fly the you got something out of it at oh, least. Oh, it was great. It was like, I didn't care. <laughs> um, I, I think I've told you already, but I'm, a, needless to say, a huge fan of this one. Every Quentin film, an event. This guy doesn't oh, yeah. doesn't get anything wrong. Um, does he, I, I, it kind of feels inevitable. This is obviously the second collaboration between you guys that, that you guys would, I mean, you, you, you're someone that was pretty much born into this, into this business. And he's somebody mm-hmm. that, I don't know. He was God too. or some higher power put yeah. down to yeah. make movies. Yeah, I mean, look, we all, we all have different paths that get you there, and it doesn't really matter. But um, what does matter is what you do when you get there. You yeah. Know? And uh, I think that I I really feel this way about Quentin that certain people find their way to each other, 
uh, given long enough. Yeah. And I did feel, I feel that way about um, my relationship with Quentin. It just, given enough time, it was going to happen. Does, he's, you know, uh, well known to be short of Martin Scorsese, maybe even surpassed in terms of knowledge of film. Like he, know, like he knows oh, I don't these. think there's any maybe about it, I'm sorry to say. Yeah, I'd like uh, to see yeah. them go toe to toe. It would be fascinating. Um, your, your I don't money's want to put my money I'm sure Quentin wins the obscure category. I think there may be pleasure on one end, and on the other end, there's like a, like a, like there's, it's like an important, an important a part of existence. Yes. Exactly. I mean, I, you know, does, I, does he know? Does he know your early body of work? Can he, he quote, knows everything. He knows. Like, no, no, no. He knows talk shows <laughs> that I've done that I didn't know I did. Really? And he knows talk shows other actors had done that he didn't. I mean, it's it, look. You could, you could, you can, you can put different words on it. Yeah. I think the one that applies probably is savant. Yeah. He just is. That's his. That's where he goes. Um, you know, it's just fantastic, and and and. Uh, what I that's okay. That's all good and well and good that he knows the things he knows. But I love the way he weaves um, intricate webs with that knowledge. Yeah, you know of your past and uh, um, other actors' past with the pl characters they're playing. He he takes all this stuff and just interweaves it for his own pleasure. I think. Yeah, and uh, and that's what makes his stuff I think so unique and so different and. And ultimately, so fun to watch. Well, and especially in, in 2015, where we're at in terms of, you know, looking at the film landscape and, and people that get the tools to, to, to play with, like a decent budget, short of a franchise, a comic book franchise, yeah. whatever, he is his own yeah. franchise. Yeah. He, he yeah. is a brand. Yeah. And he He's can, a brand. Yeah. And he can do what he wants. And God bless yeah. him, for, because we need well, someone he, to do that. Here's the thing. He can't just do what he wants. Mm -hmm. no, nobody can. Um, what you're going to do is get the opportunity to do what you want to do. Right. And he does get that. You know, he does He does get that opportunity. And yeah. that's probably what's so... Uh, he's earned it, and he's given it. The Weinsteins are the ones he seems to always work it out with. Um, but there's no question that he's a brand. Yeah. Um, and, he, and, he, and he has created that. Do, do you ever have cause to... Do you ever have major disagreements about lines of dialogue or anything? Or is it just... Not major disagreements, but... Um, yeah, I mean, there was one time on Death Proof where, where I said, whoa, 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 whoa. I, I, it's not that I don't get that. It's that I'm going to tell you why I think that is undoable. Mm -hmm. And he listened to me, and we didn't do it. And um, so he's not, he's not somebody you can't – no, no, he, he's not – 99 times out of 100, or maybe 990 times out of 1,000, of he's going to be right. I don't know how to kill this. It's all good. I, I don't know how to kill these things. You know, I'm going to turn it on. Give me, give me a second here. No worries. So I can turn it off. You just push that thing like long enough. Yeah. And it We're, goes off. This is uh, okay. an iPhone tutorial brought there, to you by Kurt yeah, Russell. I don't know how to do that. So, um, uh, you know, uh, but that's, that was that, that only thing. And he, I think he, he, he listened and he said, okay, it's not that important. Um, and maybe, maybe you, you know your your point of view. Yeah, I listened to what you said. It made sense. Right. Boom. Um, now on this one, we had uh, one particular scene around the table that it was. We talked. I mean, I brought a few things up way, way, way ahead of time because I felt there were points of view here that um, should be discussed yeah. before we just did it. And actually, Quentin then would also talk with Sam. Sam and I talked a little bit. I talked, and then as we got closer and closer to it, uh, I, I had whole things written out where I was, you know, there was, these were in my mind, and I wanted, and I, I'm very careful about how I do that. I don't just willy-nilly run into the room and, and say, teacher, 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 you know. I don't want to do that. I don't want to, I think this is, whatever. I don't do that. I gotta, yeah. I'm, pretty, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty educated myself when it comes to this stuff, right? So I was like, well, let's talk this out. And, uh, and I understood exactly what he was um saying and it's the important thing is, is is that it's his to say and, and i think as actors you always have to realize at the end of the day there's one captain of the ship right and you're you're going to go where that captain wants to go i don't care if he wants to take you into a hurricane and you're all going down that's the way it goes you, you this is what you signed on for this is what you're going to do yeah now when you get into the hurricane um because he got you there uh it's now your job to do everything possible to help him get you out. Uh, but again, you're going to do it his way. Um, 
Now, if you can avoid the hurricane because you really don't think he's seeing the hurricane, or you think there's a bigger, better hurricane to go into, <laughs> then you know that maybe he has. Because apparently, you're dead set on going into hurricanes today. <laughs> I happen to know of a good one over here. Oh, really? Uh, you know. So there's. I think that it's always your job to present the case. But in um, this one was really interesting because it was uh, it was it was political. It was about something, and. Um, he was great. He, he was really great. Very, you know, very thoughtful. And I think that what we did, um, it, it's very interesting because the ending of the movie was not what the ending of the movie was until we did this. And then the ending of the movie became what it became. Huh. So I feel wonderfully a part of the process that goes on with Quentin in terms of what he does. And he has heard stories about me and John Carpenter that I think he actually kind of appreciates. And John and I were very, very close together. And John had the same, I had, you know, he had, he had the same respect yeah. from me as I have for Quentin. I respect John Carpenter 1,000%. I think he's just a, I love the way he makes movies, love making movies with him. And uh, all I want to do is try to give you my very best, my very best thoughts. And there's never any question. The great thing about Kurt, from their point of view, there's never any question. He's not trying to grab the reins. That's not what he's doing. Right. He's trying to give me, he's trying to get the most out of this horse that's underneath me. He's, he's, he's saying, hey, I've ridden that horse. I think there's another gear in that horse. And I think, have you thought about this to get that out of that horse? And, and, and if, I can bring, if I can ever find something that can help them, then I'm, I'm doing my job. When did that shift from kind of actor for hire to... Hey, I have something to collaborate. I can. I have something to contribute beyond. It started on. Um, it started when I was doing Disney movies because there was a man who was writing the scripts who had a pacemaker, and he he'd start slowing down as we were doing them. And another guy named Mike McGreevy and I found ourselves in the position of finishing it out. Wow! So we started finishing it out. Um, twenty. Well, about started when I was about twenty-one or two. Amazing. Um, and the and the director. Uh, of those um, welcomed it. Um, just a really great guy, Bob Butler. Just went recently to uh, to a tribute to him at UCLA. And uh, in a weird way, a, a director that, that uh, Quentin really enjoys. And uh, so that was when it started. And then for me, it furthered um, when I was doing a, uh, a Western called The Quest. And I worked very closely with the producer on that, uh, who was William... William Blinn, who was a terrific writer, and I started working with the uh, story editor. Uh, so it started at Disney, continued with that, and by the time I was uh, by the time I was about thirty years old, uh, I was pretty confident when I walked into the room. On I'd listen to things and say, "Okay, there's that." Um, let me just show you something that I had in mind and wanted you to look at. And, Tell me why that's not something we should discuss, or why that's not something we should at least consider. And then I'd get, then from out of that, you'd sort of get the, I'd get the read on the director. This is either a confident guy who's willing to listen, or he's he's unconfident and doesn't doesn't want that ever to be seen. And then you 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 suss the situation that you're in. And um, I've always found that uh, if you do it with uh, in an unthreatening manner, um, and they know that you're just trying to. Uh, uh, make the picture better uh, than, than they're for it, at least at that stage of the game. And that was why um, at that time, it was shortly thereafter that people started talking about credits and stuff. And I said, Don't, no, I'm never going to do that. That's not, that's not what I'm doing. Well, I'm that's not it. looking for credit. I'm looking for a better movie. Well, that, that's interesting because, I mean, if you – I know we're jumping around a little bit because I definitely obviously want to talk about the Carpenter collaboration. But um, Tombstone, which is a film that, that I love. And, I mean, the, the, the lore around it, some stuff there's, I've read. There's, there's stuff that, that's, I know. I, there's thing, here's what happened. There, we were in a very difficult situation. I had gone out and, you know, I only talked so much about that. I, I had gotten the, the money for the movie because I went to Andy Vanya and he said yes. And uh, so, therefore, I'm responsible for that $25 million. It's, it's, it's on me. For the first time, I did that. Yeah. All, and it was, I had no, you know, it was no hiding anymore. I was always very good at saying, "Well, it's not my job. I've done what I can do," but that was that's so. So it was. It meant that, and it was at. It was going to be distributed through Buena Vista. So these were people that I knew. I had a lot of them at stake, and they stuck their head out, and I stuck my neck out for this director who failed miserably. That's all that happened. He he was a fantastic writer. He deserved the chance. 
when he got the chance, he he just uh, uh, it was not something that was part of his his bag of tricks. It just yeah. wasn't. Uh, it had to be finished. Now, all I'll say about it is it had to be finished, and it got finished, and it got made. And like all other movies, it's a it's it's an effort that uh, everybody's going to be involved in. My involvement was extreme, and uh, and uh, that and we got it done. I mean, uh, I had I had tremendous uh, actors uh, to work to, to, that were there, um, and we brought in a director who uh, uh, I had spoken to other people that I knew about him and and uh, felt that under the circumstances uh, he would perform very well, and and under the circumstances, I think that uh, we were able to. Um, get the most out of shooting Tombstone, and then uh, eventually, uh, with the help of uh, Frank Urestes and, and a couple of other people, we got uh, uh, close to the best out of uh, the editing process. Um, unfortunately, I had to go do um, I had to go do another movie, uh, Stargate, right away. And mm-hmm. I, I think if I could have been closer to the editing process, it would have been smoother going um, from an earlier time. And it was, but uh, I, you know, I, the, the the thing is this: it's ants and Peter Pan's. You, you you get what you get, and and, and truth matters is that Tombstone has tremendous impact. It has about eighty five percent of the of the I think um, total, um, like the positive reviews, or yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. And uh, I'm really happy with that, but it's taken a lot of years to be satisfied with that because that could have been absolutely, hands down spectacularly perfect yeah <laughs> it, it had that opportunity yeah. and uh it's interesting to hear your perspective of it yeah. obviously being so close to it and in such a fraught situation because yeah i mean there's but, a lot yeah. of love for that i love that there's film. a lot of, and, and, it's, and it's, you know you're talking about people that went to work for half price all those actors just chipped in you know for half price they were all so good they were all so terrific and we did work out uh you know how to how to get that part of it done um, Val Kilmer was uh, oh my god, just, amazing! Just yeah, and I and I <laughs> promised him that uh, his uh, I did. I promised him, and I saw him recently. It was great. And I love him, <laughs> and I promised him that yeah, his the the value of the of the acting that he we knew would bring to this um, project would not be lost. Yeah, it would not be sacrificed. But you know, we had twenty two pages to lose that I had to, that I had to do, and uh, <clears throat> Kevin just refused to cut it. Well, okay, fine. We got to a point where it had to be cut. So mm-hmm. there was to it. So, um, and, but trust had to be um, <clears throat> maintained. Uh, relationships had to be closely uh, maintained and and believed in. And uh, we anyway. Point point being, all things considered, doesn't matter. Nobody cares when they're sitting down in that movie theater <laughs> yeah. who did what. Yeah. They don't care. Yeah. They only care about what they're watching, right? I mean, I don't. Do you? No, I don't care who did. I don't care if the makeup man came up with every great idea in the movie. Fabulous! I just, just want to get lost in that. I, story, I just want to. Yeah. yeah, I just yeah. want to. Just show me. What do you? You know, curtain opens up. What do you got? <laughs> what, do you, what do you got for me? Any? Uh, as we sit here, um, uh, one of the big other holiday films is, of course, Star Wars. Any mixed emotions as you look at that? I've watched your audition tape for. Han Solo, uh, way back when. It, no, mixed emotions in what <laughs> well, way? Well, just get, get, you know, seeing obviously what Harrison got to do with that. Oh that no, no, no! Like no, when that no, film, no, when no, that no. film came out, were you like, oh my god, that's what I was up for? That's no, I, I, I no, no, I was. Uh, look, this is at a time in my life where I was a young actor. So it's 1976. I'd already been working since 1961. Yeah. So um, these are back in the days where you know I was happy to be. I was just starting to get things that they especially in television that they would call for me right and in movies i was still auditioning and doing you know but they call for a few right it was starting to get kind of there i don't know i was 23 24 something like that i just finished playing ball and um <laughs> i just remember going in on this interview uh and i was and i read for luke skywalker and i read for han solo and uh, i didn't know what i was saying i didn't know what a death star <laughs> was from a millennium falcon whatever i it was just up for it. but anyway i did i remember this young director is really great guy um had some nice conversations with him and and he was i could tell he was you know he was pretty pretty on top of it um there was a point at which you know this western show the quest was going on and i needed to know whether i was maybe going to get this other job and so i just said can you tell me if you and he said well i'm I'm looking at these different combinations. I've got you know the possibility of you and another guy or another guy and this guy and many different combinations i'm looking at and i said okay um 
I got to give these people an answer. I said, I, I think I'm just going to go go ahead and do it. And I said, unless you unless you tell me, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that I'm going to go with you. He couldn't. And so I don't know if he ever would have hired me for that or not. I can tell you one thing. I didn't turn down Star Wars. <laughs> just for the record. <laughs> you understand something. Kurt Russell didn't turn things down at that time. Okay. I didn't, I, 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 you know, pretty much just did what... I just, I just did what came my way. <laughs> and talking about like the shift into like a film career, I mean, like in looking at kind of like the, the resume at that time. You, oh, I, and by the way, and looking at it yeah. in my life, you got to understand, I wasn't much about sequels. Right. And that happened later on. Now, um, the other guy, Indiana Jones, that's different. <laughs> I didn't even want to talk about it. It was like they were very interested in talking to me. Oh really? And I, I said, but that's like they like well, they want to. But the, first of all, you got to understand there'd be three of them. And I said, not interested. Wow. I just didn't want to do that. That was that was I. You know, I didn't from the get. I didn't want to do that. I only did that one time. I sure. did it one time with John on Escape from L.A. Yeah. And, you know, there was lots of reasons for that. But yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to do that at the time. It was just not what I wanted to do. And I'm in that regard completely satisfied with with what with what I got to do over the last, whatever, 35 years, you know, it's like, I would never, I I don't think I'd have got to do that. I just don't think I would have because they, they want to know what they can sell you in. They want to pigeonhole you. That's just the name of the game. It's what they want to do. So when you're going to tell them flat out loud, I don't want to do, I know you're not going to do that. Right. I have to, I realize I have to come up with the goods to make some director go, you know what? Can't count that guy out of that. I, I think he might be right f- for me. Um, that was all I wanted to do was have the opportunity to be able to get in the room and say, "All right, um, you know, um, um, let me just give me a sh- chance here," and and then uh, and then it worked out. I mean, it worked out. I, Clearly, you know, I can't, can't say it didn't. <laughs> I got to do things I don't think other guys did. I mean, and in in the shift from TV to film, which I mean, the first collaboration with John, of course, was Elvis, which got a lot of great attention. But I mean, what what I'm fascinated by, it seems like getting Snake, getting Escape from New York, getting that role, like, like how can that happen for someone like you in that at that point in your career? It feels like that's such a huge leap from anything you had ever done. Your 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 research is right, or your memories it serves correct. You're too young to uh, to have been there, so you you you've looked back and you've you've read it right. There was no way anybody else but John Carpenter would have done that, just no way. And John and I had a funny circumstance on Elvis because I was hired before he was, so he was saddled with this Disney guy <laughs> to play Elvis. I mean, there, I couldn't have, I, and I think he understood, I couldn't have felt more sorry for him. I mean, because they were having a field day with, 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 with that. You know, like, oh boy, here we go. This is going to be spectacular. <laughs> I mean, they just couldn't get on it enough. They I'm just sure you've get, heard you know, all the jokes at that oh, point. Oh God, they couldn't. And, I was saying, and by the way, I couldn't blame them because I'd, I'd be, I mean, okay, hey, guess what? Al Pacino's going to play Elvis. Oh, that's going to work. Yeah, you know, Robert De Niro is Elvis. Who, who can you come up with it? You wouldn't go, what? Right. I knew that. They didn't. That was the one thing, you know. So um, John was saddled with this guy. Uh, and I was just impressed that he, you know, he, he just uh, he just went with it. Uh, he, he just went with it. We learned to speak shorthand to each other, and then very quickly, um, I just just loved, loved, loved the way he worked. And uh, you know, it was game on. And then I went to actually something happened. A long story. Once when I came back from this trip, and I said, I know what I want to do. <laughs> and he said, You know what? I've got something like that. And we started talking about it, and he went after it. And, uh, and boy, there was a, I mean, you know, I think, as I recall John saying this once, and he said, You know, I think they wanted, I said, I think they, they wanted Charlie Bronson, who I love and think would have been a great Snake Plissken 10 years earlier. Yes. That, it was just luck of the draw time wise. Yeah. Snake's not that, Snake's not that old a guy. He's just not that, you know, he's just not that old a guy. So. At that time, I think Charlie was like maybe forty-four or something like that, forty-five, and Snake was, you know, Snake's third, maybe maybe thirty, you know. Yeah. So uh, John stuck by me. Nobody else would have done that at that time. Nobody else. I mean, just nobody else. And John stuck with me, and said, "I, th- I believe in this actor, you guys. I think Kurt's going to act the part." Crazy. And and that was what I got. That was an opportunity I got. Of course, as soon as that came out, I read forty. Ripoffs of that kind of thing, you know, <laughs> and I went and did. I think I, well, I'd done used cars. Yep, Zemeckis. I'd done used cars, and then I did that, and 
and I was just looking for something to do. And I was actually talking with John about who, a, a party was having a difficult time casting, um, which was for his remake of The Thing, which was off of a book called Who Goes. He actually said that to me. He said, I want you to do it. And I said, really? We talked about guys. You know, I said, really? He said, yeah, you can do it. Come on. So I said, all right. And I said, what is this now? <laughs> like, I know you really got to pay attention. He said, look, I'm not, I'm not doing the – it's going to look like a horror movie, it is, but I'm really doing a movie about paranoia. Yeah. I said, oh, 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 okay. That sounds great. I, 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 <laughs> that I can I, do. I, that I can do. I, I can latch on to that. And, uh, and then we had one of the great times um, with a great group of guys. And, uh, but he was – it was like when I, when I talk about Quentin, one of the things I'll take from this, Hateful Eight, is I got to work with Quentin absolutely in his prime. Yeah. He was in his I don't care what he did before does <laughs> he was in I know it. One he thing. was on it he was on it for this <laughs> and we all knew it and that's the way I felt about John I loved all the things that uh, I got to do with John um, and I would still love to work with John I'd love for one more big surprise out of Mr. Carpenter yeah, he needs to get and, him away from you know, the TV screen uh, I would just I would just love watching to, I would just love some great simple story that only oh he God. sees a certain way and you go oh you go oh yeah let's just do that little thing that quiet little thing that everybody goes Oh, that's different. Now that's whoa! I don't know what to make of this, you know. Please. And so that would be awesome. But that was, the, you know, I gotta say, you know, uh, he was in his prime. It's just kind of a perfect prime. movie. The thing, the thing it's is an elegant, now, amazing I, I piece of yeah. filmmaking. And I mean, I was so much fun to be there as being up such a, you know, oh, in so many different ways the experience, but in a motion picture way, talking about the end of the movie and talking about the, you know, all the way through it and all the guys. A very similar thing happened on that that happened on Hateful Eight. We still talk about this screenplay, the actors. We all still kind of talk about it. And uh, we never stop talking about that screenplay, uh, the thing. We never stop talking about it. So do you know, you think you know who you are? <laughs> right. <laughs> or do you think maybe you think you know who you are, but you aren't really who you are? You so know? how do you respond to people when they ask you to this day about the, the ending? What's your, what's your I stuff? I spent a lot of time talking about that, you know. And... Uh, that's what was arrived at. He didn't, he was very concerned, and rightfully so. And we've talked about this a lot in the past um, on these kinds of shows. He was very concerned about you know bringing the audience back to square one. I was like, I don't want to. He said, I don't want to. I don't want to go through a two hour experience and come back to one. And it was kind of that's kind of what you were. That's what it is, man. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> that's what you're gonna do. And so that last line is you know it everything kind of works its way, and then finally there's really nothing left to do except just let's just sit here and see what happens <laughs> because you don't know what you know the la you know they i think they both you know the, those two guys it's one of those it's like bridge over the river quiet yeah did he fall did he mean to did he do you know all the, to me it was it was perfect that way it's perfect you don't know is it uh correct me if i'm wrong quentin screened the thing for you guys as one yeah. of the films for for this mm -hmm. that's gotta he be did, surreal yeah. did you give running commentary well, did he what well, happened of course look it's quentin style so to you know, to ha have more fun with the night, as he would look at it, and add more, you know, add heaps and tons of, of potential embarrassment on me. He has he went into the arc into his archives and found Disney <laughs> Disney um, trailers for <laughs> Disney movies to to put. And it's like so so once the humiliation was wonderful and really funny and complete. <laughs> Sam had a big laugh on that one. Um, then he he did you know he did want everybody to understand what that situation was and what our situation is with you know the yeah, yeah there's a white monster outside you can't go out there that'll kill you so you got to deal with what's inside right and that's gonna probably kill you too so so, so which way do you want to go yeah yeah and at least for inside you think you have a chance you know um, I thought that uh, you know any more Coney doing the music because he did the music and the thing and, and 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 that was the first time John had ever had anybody do sure he did know? his own right yeah and because he did his own yeah John was really good <laughs> and um, wanted Ennio to do it and so Quentin um, coming in with any on this I thought was you know it's, it's kind of like a, a horror score it, by the way listening I've seen the film now twice the road show just hearing yeah. the overture it's like did it's you, chilling did you, you talked to Quentin right yeah so yeah. did he mention did you guys talk at all about that horror we actually element? didn't talk about the horror because he he alluded to a little bit of that in Paris recently mm -hmm. and I found that really interesting but from a personal point of view it was really interesting for me because as luck would have it I did this picture called Bone Tomahawk which we just happened to do 
because of the timing of Richard Jenkins, the actor, and right. the other actors that were that we could do it. It it it, it landed just before eight for eight. Right. So and it came out just before Hayfield Eight. Of course, that in a completely different environment, VOD and all that. Yeah. But had but that was referred to as a. It was referred to as a Western horror, and I I I, I said, well, I don't get that. When I did a little publicity for it, I said, I, I'm sorry, I don't get that. I I get Western graphic. Yes. It's a graphic Western, and I look at Hateful Eight and say it's a graphic, it's a comedic graphic Western. Yes. I get it. We get that. But horror is something that I think of the thing. Now, the fact that Quentin at one point put in, you know, the, you know, the screen opened up and it goes, boom, boom, <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> I, said, I went, oh, I, I, I said, wow, it does give it the gravitas, you know. Totally. And, you know <laughs> That's all you need in um, any film, that little uh, note. It, but it was, uh, it was I, I loved what, you know, the music that Ennio Marconi did for this. We got to see him, by the way, last week. Oh, man conduct the um, Prague Orchestra Amazing. and do it live at Abbey Road. Oh. So it was a big, it was a, listen, I was a, and Quentin got the first two vinyls, right? Sure. Sun vinyls. That's pretty awesome. He came to the States like like six or seven years ago for the first time to do a live concert. My wife bought me tickets and yeah. it was, it it's, was a it's incredible. He's amazing. His music in Once Upon a Time in the West is my, it's, they, forget it. I can't make through, make through the end of that. When she takes the bucket <laughs> out there at the end of the movie, I'm yeah. it's, it's over. I can't, I can't, I can't watch the I'm, end of the movie. I'm an Untouchables uh, Ennio Marconi fan. Oh, Love that one too. Man. But anyway, mm. uh, um, Carpenter, we, ha we have to discuss, of course, Big Trouble in Little China, which I'm one of those that, I mean, it's virtually one of my favorite movies. It's, it's it's it was really you know it was really different. We really did know what we were doing. Yeah, we did. It wasn't it wasn't like it was a mistake at all. I mean, <laughs> that, again, if John if John was in his prime on on the thing, he was also in his prime on on Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, and I mean, hard to you know, it's also hard to like say. Well, now wait a minute. What he did with Escape from New York was kind of like. That was to me. That was John's. That's this is the way I make movies. Right. That'd be like saying, "Well, Quentin makes pulp." When he made Pulp Fiction, it was like, "This is the way I do it." Right. You know, that might not be my first movie, and it might, you know, I'm going to make many more after this. But this is this is this is my thing. Yeah. This is the way I do it. So on Big Trouble in Little China, that was you know, that was all about the screenplay. That was all about W. D. Richter. I was going to say, what what is that first read of that screenplay? I mean, are you like, uh, is it read as? I don't remember any of that. I don't. You, you mean when you read it? When you read it, like I'm yeah, curious, like that, what first yeah, impression, something like question. that. So that's a good question because. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to remember the history of it, and I'm not remembering <laughs> it very well. But I, I knew. I don't know why I knew of and and had read uh, bu uh, Buckaroo Banzai. I, was that before that? Was that it before? was '84? So, so it was before. Yeah, it was before us, right? Okay. That script was terrific. The movie. Parts of it were. <laughs> I, that was the way I felt about it. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but John, <clears throat> I knew the minute John was going to do this, I I could see what strengths John was going to play to. And then what, then what would maybe something that we, we'd go, okay, well, we'll, we'll see, mm -hmm. you know. But in that area was a lot of Jack Burton stuff. And that was where I felt John was like saying, I'm going to give this to Kurt and he'll figure this out. He'll know what to do with Jack Burton. And I really, I really, uh, <laughs> you know, kind of went to work in my mind and said, okay, what, what is it I'm getting from this guy as mm -hmm. I read about it? And, uh, and then, and then, because that's not one of those things you read. And it, it's Jack Burton as he's played is not that way on the page. That's that's fascinating because that just that not, character is yeah he's not really that astounded. way. So what was the difference? Was he not he an idiot? Struck, was he not he a, struck me as funny. Yeah, it just he struck me as funny, more more funny than anything else. Yeah. So in talking about it with John, you know, John, it's like Quinn and I would talk about this. John and I have a shorthand. We we kind of there's almost looks that pass, and you go, and sure. I'm like, is that John? Is that? And he goes, and he goes, and, he, and he'll like tilt his head and kind of pinch his fingers and go, mm, maybe. You know, right. I go, okay. You mean you're talking like when he's going around the around the and he says, yeah, pass when you're getting to the girl. And they think, when just as you pass her, I go right, shorten it, then, but then take my time, right? So it's like that, you know what I mean? Right. Kinda, and then and it's just we just do that. That's just the way we way we talk. I I I, I love the way he sees the thing yeah and uh he never makes me feel he never embarrasses me when i feel i'm maybe gonna do something here that might be a little embarrassing trying to find this right he would never make me he would he would join me in my laughter at myself <laughs> 
Yes. And he'd be there and he would lead the charge. Yeah. And he, and he has this great laugh and he goes, whoa, 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 <laughs> buddy, 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 buddy. Because that arguably is probably one of your bigger performances in terms well, of. Well, he's, he's, that guy's not on the, that's not on the page. So, yeah. I mean, when, that was a tough day too, because uh, I, you know, I was really sick. I had a, a temperature for like 104, 105 degrees. And I was really sick. And it's the day that we've done something or whatever, but I'm 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 sitting in a chair. We've something's happened, and I'm gonna there's there's plans being made. And Jack Burton gets up and says, "Hang on a second, I'm feeling a little like an outsider here. Let's let's you know." It was that was that was the way it was sort of planned. And it just struck me as that you know, hang you know, John Wayne not knowing what the fuck is going on exactly. here. You printed take three. It's like you it's like you go see the movie and you printed take three every time when I couldn't get on the horse. And the guy, the, the, the sidekick, just hops up there, no problem. And then I, I pour the beer out, and and you you do the one where I knock over the you print the one where I knock the glass over. I it just suddenly. All of it struck me like that, yeah. and suddenly I was like that. I, I probably because I was sick and kind of deluded and dazed or whatever. But suddenly Jack Burton and me was I knew who he was. It was, it was bravado like, with nothing it was to back bravado. it up. It was like, it was hang like- on a second, <laughs> feeling a little like an outsider here. So let's get this thing straight. What the hell? You know, it's like it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, Jack? Okay. I mean, there was a guy, and he, and this, there was a guy, and I can't say his name, but I did a show with him. And it was this one thing that happened. He was kind of one of these guys that, that said the obvious. Right. But in such a way that was... But in was... such a way, it was like, it was like back, eh? And it was like, one time we were sitting up. It was the end of work day. We were in Ireland. It was, I don't, I don't want to get too close. Okay, and we were in Ireland. And we're looking down this thing. And, and I'm looking at him. Sure enough, about 400 yards down this uh, embankment from the hotel, uh, a couple of cars have a little um, mashup. It's not, it's not a... It's not, you know, nobody's been killed. It's, okay. just, a, it's just a little bang, bang. <laughs> They stop, the lights are flashing, and I start to go down there to look at it. This guy says, hey, hey, Kurt, I think it's a Volkswagen and a, and a truck. And it was like, it was like mm, oh, okay, I'll, I'll check that out. You know, you know, it's like, what do you do with that? And that to me was Jack Burton. Totally. I said, oh, he's, he's that guy that points out the obvious, sometimes about himself, it doesn't, you know, he's ridiculous. He's, he's just ridiculous, and he's big, ridiculous that way. So... I I started having fun with it, and John was, and we then we then we were like down this road, and now we actually got into the last fight, and it was like, what are we gonna do? Because you really don't have, we don't really have. What am I gonna do here? And I said, yeah, I know. I've been thinking about the thing. I said, we we need to get me out of the picture for like two three minutes here, then I need to like get taken out for another two or three minutes. We got we gotta hide me here, and uh, but it's gotta be Jack Burton style. So I said, what about if I just come in and I. I'm all excited, and I hammer the fucking gun goes off, and boom! I think, boom, he's out. He's knocked out. He said, "I like that. That's good. We'll start there." And then we just do stuff like that, and we just get fine. Fun. I got, I got my legs pinned under the big guy. You know. And meanwhile, uh, you know, he's uh, uh, Dennis is. Yeah, he's the real hero. Oh yeah, he's he's doing. He's flying. (laughs) He's taking fifteen. That's the secret of the film. Jack Burton is not the hero. Yeah. Oh yeah. It did culminate when I when I kissed uh, Kim Kim Cattrall. And came back, and I could. I noticed the crew kind of chuckling and what. I was. I could feel them. And I finally said, "What? What?" And, they, and John comes up. And he goes, "Why well, you got lipstick all over?" <laughs> and he, as soon as he said it, we looked at each other. And went, mm, "We can't do that, can we?" Too far. <laughs> and I said, "Well, we could do it for a while. We could do it." For, and we went to the script. And we said, "We could do it from here to here. That way, it's funny, and then we get rid of it." Right. And we can't. We can't do the whole thing. Is it? So then that was. We said, you know what? That, that, that's great. That's perfect for Jack. He doesn't. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. He's got lipstick on. You know? And she doesn't care for a minute. Right. And that's what was great about. That's what was great about Kim. Kim doing that stuff it was like, you know, she played that stuff all to the hell, and finally. You know, come here. And she clean, yeah, <laughs> clean yeah, him yeah. off and get him out. <laughs> now, sadly, of course, it was not the box office uh, oh, thing God. it deserved to they be. They buried that thing. Did you guys ever discuss, I know, like, environments change and, and what are mandates changed. Uh, was it even worth ever discussing doing anything else with that character at some point later on? Did you ever have a serious You know, it's funny. Discussion? Never, John and I didn't think in those terms, you know. I mean, yeah, you talked earlier talk, about they, not wanting did. to do sequels and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, people did. People did. Uh, people did talk about that. Yeah. Um... I, 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 it was, that, it belongs there for yeah. me. Um, <clears throat> it belongs there. Uh, I, and I, you know, I just didn't think that way. Yeah. I just didn't think in, in that way. Um, it, 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 maybe it was a mistake too. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I really don't because maybe you could have done four or five really funny things. I eventually, you know, I, you know what? It was so much more fun to think about going on and doing something else. Yeah. Um, especially, you know, especially with John. 
and then and then you know we did come back to Snake on on as Gay from L.A., which was uh, an interesting set of circumstances. But um, you have a, you have a writing credit on on that one. Right? Yeah, I worked on that, um, um, and that was part of what part of what was uh, you know part of what was going on. Yeah. Um, there's a lot about that movie I like. There's yeah. a lot about that movie I like. I think it's actually. <laughs> you know, it's got a lot of things to say. I mean, if you can look at the world today, uh, um, you know, all, all the guy wanted to do, all he wants is a cigarette. Right. <laughs> That's all he wants. It's a story of a guy who wants to have a cigarette. He has to go through all of this to get it. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, but it was a, and it was, I, 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 it was a chance to work with John again and all that. I, I, you know, but I do hope that we, he and I get one more opportunity. We all do. We all do. Definitely. Yeah. Um, th- th- there's talk that you might, uh, talking about big franchises, is it true that you might, James Gunn wants you to be in this Gardens of the you know, Galaxy? You know, this, this is one of those things that's really funny. The way the world works today is yeah. very different from, from yeah, back, in, back in the day when nobody knew about anything. <laughs> Um, I literally, um, literally got a phone call th- two days ago about this. I, I, I you gotta understand something. I've never seen Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't know anything. No, about you're it. in it now. Kurt. I'm you don't understand. Four, yeah, I'm one of the four idiots who've never seen it. Evidently, um, I, I tell you what. I, I many, many times have heard. Oh, that's a that's a really fun movie. Yeah. Really good movie. Really great. Whatever. Great characters. I don't know it. So I don't. It's like I didn't realize that the man had written it and directed it. And so we talked to each other on the phone. Yeah. And I just had to be honest and say, I got, I got to. I know. I just. I, I this. Thank you. For um, considering me, I have to read it and and uh, uh, I have to watch the movie because I can't bring anything for you. I, I got nothing to you know. I got nothing to offer here, um, and so I, I'm I, I'm amazed to get asked about this because everybody knows more about it than I do. It's a little weird. <laughs> okay, it's sort of the way I felt about Quentin's movie because Quentin just called up one day and said, um, "Hey, I wrote this script. I want to do a reading of it." I said, "Oh, great, great." We, so we talked for a few minutes, and, I, and you know, I'll let you know when. And then, like a three weeks later, my agent said, "Oh, they want to do a rehearsal of that." I went, "Oh, okay." And then I kind of got to think about a rehearsal of a table read. Okay, wow. Okay, so we rehearsed it, and we rehearsed it all day Thursday, and then we're going to rehearse it again on Friday. And I'm thinking, "Wow, he wants to get this in shape for somebody to look at." And then halfway through the day on Friday, I learned that uh, everybody's, and I'm finally, I finally said, "Hang on a second. Did, did you say we're going to do this at a theater? <laughs> that missed in one key component. Yeah. Is here. there something that I'm? I know, and they're all looking at me like you idiot. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we, of course, we're doing that. And I, what is that? It's it's, it's a 1600 <laughs> seat theater. It's we're doing this for for charity. I said, oh, 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 oh okay. <laughs> so then I heard that this was the script that Quentin got mad that got leaked, right. and I thought, oh, okay, I got, okay, I'm just working my way up to, you you're know, Jack burdening it, yeah, you're, exactly, you're, you're, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right. And I said, I okay. So I guess he just wants to see this thing done once before he puts it to bed. Yeah. That was it. I thought, oh, great, okay. <laughs> and then when we did it. I said, Quentin, do you want this done? We, we were literally getting ready to go, and I said, by the way, do you want us to play this because it's a theater type thing? You want to play it for the audience? play it to you because which some of it's quiet yeah so that you can see it see that um or you kind of a combo and he said yeah kind of a combo so we did it and then it was a couple months later i said he was going to make the movie and uh i thought okay great i mean i think it's gonna be a great movie i'm, I'm, I'm i was excited to you know be going about it so yeah it was a little bit like that yeah. i just was you know catching up i'm curious like uh, uh, you know as we wrap up our time you um you know Post death, death proof. It seems like you know. I don't know if you took like an official kind of break or. I'm in the vineyard. I make Was a, that it? I make a really good Pinot Noir and <laughs> and I mean really good. All I right, mean, I'll yeah, to I, try I, that out. Definitely. I, yeah, Gogi. Okay. G O G I. If you like it, I you know it's it's re- it's it's really been well received. Um, I mean, is any of it though like in terms of just not getting material you care about or whatever? Or I mean, if I read things and I just you know it's like that. There are lots of reasons to do things. I kind of. If it hadn't been for a man named Rick Nasita, I wouldn't have done Furious 7. I just probably wouldn't have read it. Right. And he said, I think you should read it. I think that he said, you know, this, these guys are good at what they do, Kurt. And I said, okay. I said, I saw one. It was good. I said, it was, you know, it was well done. And, uh, and here we, so, here's, so here's a guy who doesn't like sequels, and we're talking about Furious 7. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, yeah, that's going to work. I, I'm really going to get excited about that. But you know what? I read it, and then we talked about it. And I didn't, you know, and I actually, they were great because I said, this character is relatively uninteresting as far as I can see, but what about this? This yeah. would be my take on it. They liked that. 
and I, they, they were very easy. They were just very easy to talk to. And I started working with the writer and I found very, uh, uh, Vin excited about it. He was, here's a guy who's doing the seventh one. He missed a couple, I guess, but he's doing a seventh one. Right. And he's very excited about it. Paul was really, you know, genuinely interested in what they're doing. Those two guys genuinely really got along well. All the people on the show genuinely care about what they're doing. And it was, and I realized, well, that's the way, when I did television series, did 26 shows, we were still just as excited about it on the 25th show as we were the seventh show. And these guys managed to do that through the years with, 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 with these um, and, their, and their movies instead of television. So I thought, well, you know what? It's a Come on. It's a different day now. It's a yeah. different time. It's a different day. And, uh, and, I wanted, I, and, I, and I actually had a really, really fun time. And a very sad moment when Paul uh, died. Sure. Uh, but I thought, you know what? Died doing what he likes doing. I don't know how you. I don't know how you beat that. Yeah. It's, it's tragic, but you know. And then they were talking about maybe stopping. I thought to myself, man, why don't you honor this guy? For this is he went the way he he was the real deal. Yeah. And um, anyway, I thought they did a great job. They did with it that. the right way as best they, they, they under really that did. circumstance. So you they know, did. so yeah. so you know. Um, Sequels, whatever, you know, whatever, whatever. It's like, you know, and there's no rules. It's like, like you say, we're talking about Big Trouble in Little China. They're talking about remaking right. that with Dwayne Johnson. Hey, I got, I got, I got no uh, corner on the market of, of, of who should do what. I think that, um, I think the director has a lot of a challenge facing what John did in terms of doing new things. But the actor, hey, go do your version of something. Hopefully come up with something good. Hopefully there will be a reason for why you guys did this. Yeah. I'll go to the movie and go, oh, I'm glad they did that. It's good. It's a, it, it fits. Everything fits. It was all different, but yet it was all... It, I, got, I, I see why they wanted to yeah. do it. And, and if you don't do that, then unfortunately you have to suffer the wrath <laughs> of what the word risk means. You, you're risking something. You're going up against, for some people, you're going up against something that they truly love. I'm one of them, and, well, <laughs> and I'll say I'll say yeah. Dwayne has a tough act to follow, but um, it, it's been it's it's honestly it's a it's a true pleasure to talk about Big Trouble and all these great films, and all the way up to Hateful Eight, which, as I said, um, man, I'm a big fan of this one and your character in this one, John Ruth, add to the pantheon of some really fine performances. Um, Kurt, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, good talking with you. Thanks, buddy. Okay. Hello, Earwolf enthusiasts. We've stocked up the Earwolf store with lots of stuff to wear, hang, or give this holiday season, and each sale supports our show and helps us employ a guy named Nick. Yeah, he actually exists, and his name is Nick. He's going to ship all this stuff from a bunker in L.A., and it helps you be extra festive this holiday season. So support Earwolf by visiting Earwolf.com, click Shop, and get 10% off with the code HOLIDAY through December 11th. Happy Holidays! This has been a Wolf Pop production. Executive produced by Paul Shear, Adam Sachs, Chris Bannon, and Matt Gorley. For more information and content, visit wolfpop.com. <laughs>